0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial with a free audiobook of your choice. That's at Audible.com. We're joined today by Weekly Standard senior writer, Lee Smith. And Lee, we've got a lot of things going on in the Middle East, but I want to ask you about an area that I just don't get at all. What's up in Syria? Chemical weapons, no chemical weapons, Israel's shooting, they're not shooting. So, Lee Smith, what's really going on in Syria?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, thanks, Michael, for having me on. Um, uh, I wrote an article for our website, for the Weekly Standard website, last week about Syria and the chemical weapons. It is very, very difficult to tell right now whether or not chemical weapons uh, were used, and if they were used, who used them, whether it was the regime, um, the regime of uh, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, or, as the regime claims, the rebels, uh, the anti-Assad rebels. Um, My major point is that the administration sort of brought this confusion upon itself when in August um, President Obama said that the use of chemical weapons by the regime would be a red line. And I've been trying to point out over the last several months, as I do again in this most recent article, saying that this was always going to be subject to lots of confusion. It was always going to be difficult to tell, given the nature of chemical weapons in the first place and in the second place uh given the fact that there are very few members of the uh media the international media still left in Syria to report on this so whether or not we would know who used uh, whether or not the weapons were used or who used them so the, the administration really opened itself up to a lot of confusion by trying to establish this is a red line and as we've seen happening um The Syrians, I believe it's the regime, whether or not they used chemical weapons, they've been uh, playing with the prestige of the administration, showing how ineffective the administration basically is since they made the use of chemical weapons a red line.
0: So Syria is such a small country they don't have nearly the resources to wage war, say, in Iraq before uh, we went into Iraq. And I know, realize now that the notion of anyone using a political any military power we now think it's almost always completely evil and wrong. But, jeez, why not just have the major countries of the West step in and squash this regime like a bug?
1: Well, I mean, I, 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 I actually understand the administration's predicament and also the predicament of many uh, Syria's neighbors, including Jordan and Turkey. Who are loath to get involved? We see what happens with different regional uh, conflicts when a whole bunch of different countries get um, put in uh, you know, uh, put themselves in the middle of uh, of mayhem. Mm-hmm. I think the much wiser move, and this is a move that a move that um, you know, there's some sort of moving towards bipartisan consensus now here on the Hill. Democrats and Republicans are advocating uh, that the administration arm the Syrian rebels. And establish some sort of no-fly zone, and perhaps uh, air, uh, you know, air air sorties to take the Syrian air force out of uh, out of play. So I I think that's the wiser way to do it, and and that's what uh, I I believe that I I know that that's what I've been advocating at the standard, and I believe that most of my colleagues have been advocating something of the same. Not that U.S. uh, you know forces should be on the ground and working to take down Bashar, there are plenty of people who want to take down Bashar, and they're eager to do it. I think that we should back them to the hilt and ensure that they do it themselves.
0: And then once you've backed them to the hilt and you have the Islamists in charge in Syria, what then?
1: Yeah, I don't really see it like that. I know that this is an argument. I actually believe that this is an argument that a lot of people have made to avoid um, to avoid bringing down Assad. Well, I mean, it's important to understand the History of U.S. policy towards the Assad regime. I mean, over the last 40 years, uh, the Bush administration, George W. Bush, was one of the few White Houses that actually um, that actually looked on uh, looked on the Assad regime as a problem. Most other White Houses have looked on the uh, regime run first by Hafez al-Assad and Bashar his son as uh, as a helpful, if not necessarily an ally, but as a uh, as a helpful government in the Middle East, and I think that this is a catastrophic way to understand that regime. This regime has backed all uh, manner of terrorists, from Hezbollah and Hamas to the PKK, to uh, helping facilitate the transportation of Sunni fighters into Iraq to kill U.S. forces and American allies in Iraq. So this is a regime that is, uh, you know, has its hands bloodied. Um, There's a lot of American blood on those hands as well. So I, 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 first of all, just, just to say, I think it's important to keep in mind what this regime has been like historically, who it is, how they act to us and our allies. The other fact is that, I mean, quite obviously the Islamists, and there, there is an Islamist, uh, significant Islamist component right now on the ground in Syria fighting out However, I think that given the nature of Syria, given the nature of the very large Sunni community, it's a uh, Sunni Arab-majority state in Syria, and, but that doesn't mean that all the Sunnis see eye to eye. If we look at what Syria looked like before the Assad took over in 1970, I think that what, we look, what we're what we likely to look at in a post-Assad Syria will closely resemble a pre-Assad Syria, and that is numerous Sunni factions fighting each other for power and control. Look, I'd like to see something else. I'd like to see something better. I'd like to see a whole bunch of uh, I'd like to see people getting along better in right. Syria, the Sunni community putting things together and putting together a liberal democratic state, uh, which can look to the United States as a friend and ally. I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. What do these developments uh, in Syria
0: mean, Lee, you know, for Israel and for their other neighbors, but in particular Israel?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I think that this is this. this I mean, this is an upside, actually, insofar as the Syrians can... Uh, be essentially hemmed in and worry about themselves, worry about their own country, worry about their own government, how they get things doing, even if that means that there's a, a number of coups and there's conflict within Syria, somehow managed so that the violence is nowhere near the levels we're seeing now. But insofar as the Syrians have to worry about their own stability, and they're not projecting instability outwards, which is what they've been doing for 40 years through terrorism against Israel, against Jordan, against Turkey, against Iraq, uh, against the Gulf Arab states, this is a good thing insofar as we can take this card out of their hands. If we can hem in Syria and make them deal with their own issues so that they're not destabilizing their neighbors, this is a this is a uh, a, a victory for U.S. policy. You mentioned
0: America. Israel and Turkey on that long list, Lee Smith. Uh, what's going on between right. those two countries?
1: Uh, well, we saw at the end of last week, at the end of the president's trip, to, um, to Israel, uh, which I believe generally was a fairly successful trip, we saw Prime Minister Netanyahu reach out to the Turkish Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, and um, he uh, moved some, somewhat towards the apology that Erdogan has been seeking ever since the, uh, the Mavi Marmara incident in um, May 2010. Uh certainly Net- Netanyahu did not uh apologize as abjectly as the Turkish um, as the Turkish premier may have wanted him right. to, and I think this is a very good thing. I think that Netanyahu's apology, uh, I think it was very restrained, I think it was very careful. I don't think it was uh, humiliation for the government of Israel or for the Israeli naval commandos. Um so I, I think it's a-, a-, a good thing insofar as um insofar as it it, it would be good to bring Turkey and Israel back a little bit closer together. I I think that uh, the strategic alliance, uh, we're probably not going to return to the norm that we saw in the 90s, but I think insofar as we can put uh, relations on a somewhat warmer basis is a very positive
0: thing. Lee Smith, thanks for those insights on the Middle East. We appreciate it here on the Weekly Standard Podcast brought to you by audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.